fishermen in the crowd? Anybody like to fish? Because if you do, I think you're going to like this next guy. So let's bring up our next prophet, Jonah. I noticed there's a nice picture of you on the wall. I don't know. It seems you're a little taller in person. fogged up here somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jonah, where have you been? Um, well, actually, I just flew in from Hawaii. You know, when I, when I fly over water, I get a little nervous. So <laughs> I, I try and be. No, actually, I was in Hawaii swimming with the dolphins and the sea turtles. It was just amazing. You know, I found after that encounter with that big fish that I, I decided I'd better learn how to swim. Mm. Probably not a bad idea, yeah. And I, I really like it. It's just fun being in the water now with the animals. So good. So, um, well, let me ask you a question. So, uh, where were you born? I was born in a little town called um, Gath Helper, which is not too far from the Sea of Galilee, and uh, it's in the northern kingdom of that was called Israel, but, you know, that country doesn't exist anymore. So. Oh, well, that's, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. So tell me what happened. Uh, well, actually, Elijah talked a little bit about it, but, you know, Saul, Saul and David and then um, Solomon, and Solomon was, was pretty good at the beginning, got pretty bad at the end, and, and uh, he was really uh, harsh on the people, and the northern tribes all started to have a problem with him, and... Uh, when he died, Jeroboam, his son, took over as king, and he was even worse. So uh, uh, Jeroboam, one of Solomon's officers, um, led a revolt, or they asked him to be king after they revolted. And so they became a separate country. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. He was in the south, and they called that Judah mm. because um, most of the people that lived there were from the tribe of Judah, and then the northern kingdom was 10 of the other tribes of the 12 tribes, and they, they kept their name Israel, and they were, uh, the king there was Jeroboam. Hmm. And, and Jeroboam was no good. Um, most of the kings, you know, as Elijah pointed out, uh, none of the kings in um, the north were good. They were all bad. Hmm. And uh, the, the book of Kings talks about all the bad things they did, and there's only one king um, and I'll show that later. There's only one king that the Lord didn't have anything bad to say about, and we'll see why in a bit. But, okay. And, and eventually, um, Assyria, which was a country north of them, kept on attacking and taking their lands, and eventually they totally destroyed Israel and took people captive and put their own people, other people that they had captured, settled them where Israel used to be, so Israel no longer existed after that. Wow. So you went to King Jeroboam the, the second? Second. Okay. Yeah. And prophesied successfully that he would extend the borders of Israel. Yeah, that was kind of my first uh, prophetic experience. Uh, uh, God told me to go talk to Jeroboam. And, you know, I was an okay guy. I, was, I knew all these kings. I was kind of in that echelon. So I went and, and the Lord told me that to tell him he's going to be a successful king. And, and he was under mm -hmm. Jeroboam the second. Um, Israel got as big as it ever got, mm -hmm. and uh, but it, he was still a no good king, mainly because he wouldn't follow the the counsels of the Lord. You know, he 
he was a good administrator, he was a good military leader, but he, he wasn't a good spiritual leader or example for his country. Hmm. So, so you had some success, but after that success, why did you go the opposite direction when God asked you to go to Nineveh? You really want to ask that question, right? Yeah, I really, really want I really want to know. <laughs> well, you know, I had, this was a great experience with Jeroboam, you know, people loved me. And then God told me to go to Nineveh. Well, Nineveh was a big city in Assyria. And, you know, there's already bad blood between Israel and Assyria. And uh, I was trying to think, why would God want me to go there to tell them to repent? They're bad. They're never going to be good. So, you know, why would I want to go there? And, and then I got to worrying. You know, I thought maybe I misunderstood God. And then I got to worrying, you know, because I had been telling people what I was supposed to do. I got to worrying that maybe they had heard about what I was telling people. And, you know, they were going to be after me because I was talking bad about them. So I said, well, it's time for a long vacation. So I decided to get on a boat and mm. go to Tarshish, which is a long ways away from where I was supposed to be going. Mm. So let's talk about this time on the boat. So um, I know things got kind of bad and there was a storm. So why did you volunteer to be thrown off the boat, especially since knowing you're not exactly a strong swimmer? Yeah. Well, I am now, but I wasn't back then. <laughs> you know, and salt water helps because you float better. A little anyway. bit of buoyancy. Uh, mm -hmm. So when I got on the ship, you know, I was tired from all this sinking, and I had to travel quite a ways to get to where the Joppa, where the boat was leaving. And, you know, I fell asleep. The boat was just nice, gentle, and I fell asleep. And uh, the next thing I know, the, the, the captain's waking me up. And I could tell the boat was not just doing this gentle anymore. And I, mm. I, I kind of had a bad feeling already what, what was going to happen. And, and then the sailors, you know, they're all trying to save the ship. And they cast lots, and my name came up. And then I knew what was going on. And it was kind of funny at that point, rather than being scared or, or worried, I, I just kind of had this peace come over me. Then, you know, I knew that God was behind this and that, uh, th that he was going to take care of me, mm -hmm. whether I lived or died. Mm -hmm. So I volunteered when they threw, my, threw the lots and picked my name, and, and uh, they couldn't do anything to save the ship. I said, I'm the cause of it. I told them what was going on and said, throw me overboard, and they did. Hmm. And what well, happened? Well, you know, I swam around for a little bit or floundered around for a little bit, and then, um, then I got swallowed by... What turned out to be a big fish. A big fish. I didn't fish? know what it was, but you right. know, it was dark inside. And you know, at that point, at that point, I wish I had died. I'll tell you. Mm. You know, it was not very pleasant. Uh. Uh, it, it's kind of like eating locusts. I, I don't know. To me, they're not. You know, do you well. like them fried or well. baked? So or, you know, or once sauteed you or? once you get past the first squirt of after the crunch, actually, it's not bad. So you eat them raw. I eat them raw. Oh, yeah. I like to eat them raw. They still have to be kicking a little you know, bit. You have you have a an, an allergy. An allergy, right? An right. allergy to gluten. That's true. Is that why? That's true because I mean, uh, no locusts are gluten free. There's no gluten. They're, they're gluten free. Well, well, anyway, so I, I wish I was dead inside wherever I was. I didn't mm -hmm. know until later what I was inside of. Um, and I certainly prayed a lot before I passed out. Mm-hmm. And then wow. the next thing I know, I'm, I'm on dry land. I got spit up and was on dry land. That's amazing. It didn't look very nice, but, mm -mm. you know, my skin was a little white and no. pale. And Shirt got crazy yeah. and all, yeah. So after all that God had done, why were you so disappointed when God did not smite those in the city of Nineveh? 
well, you know, God told me again, you know, I really, really, really want you to go to Nineveh. And uh, so I went, you know, it took me a few weeks to recover, but then I went, you know, Nineveh is a, a long ways away. And I went and I was, I was sure that they weren't going to listen, you know, they're, they're, they're Assyrians, you know, they, they're not friendly with Israel, they're our enemies. And I, I was sure that God was going to kind of use me to preach to them, and then he was going to destroy the city. And that was going to be great for the Israel because one of our enemies, the king, was going to get destroyed. And, uh, you know, so I went and I preached, and, and you know, I thought I, maybe I could get the book rights afterwards, I'd write a book about what happened in Nineveh, and I, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I could get the rights to that. Yeah. Uh, well, it didn't work out that way. I mean, they repented, and I was shocked. And actually, I was a little upset with God because, you know, I went all this way to see this great display of God's power, and nothing happened. Hmm. So I went up on a hill, and I kind of pouted for a while. And, but it was basically because I thought I knew what God's plan was. Mm -hmm. and, and once I figured out what God's plan was, I said, well, my plan was better. And it took me a few days to kind of get my act together. Right. You know, God is God, and he knows what he's doing, mm -hmm. and, and uh, it was pretty amazing. So hindsight's 2020. 2020. Right. So I guess before I let you go, or before I have to leave, can I ask you what's in the bucket? Um, yeah, well, I brought this from the ocean, and I thought everyone here would, would like to get a little experience of salt water. Oh, yeah, I think it's so a good I idea. Brought, I bought a bucket of salt water. Which side should we do it on? Um, that side. So This side. That's tough. So are going to be right in the middle. You may get it off. Right. Oh, okay. You ready? <laughs> Saltwater taffy. Saltwater taffy. Oh. Okay, well, I'll give you a minute to pick those up. Um, I'm not very good with technology, so I'm going to let one of the elders here at this, uh, this fine church um, take over for me. So while you're cleaning up the mess I made, let me get out of character. <laughs> So you know where we're all at, so I thought I'd start with a little uh, a map of kind of this area that, that Jonah was a part of. So um, this is the Mediterranean Ocean. This is the country, when it was all together, it was Israel, and then when they split, split this, this green part here um, is what Israel was in the time of Jeroboam II. So this was as big as they ever got. And then the purple, dark purple here, was uh, was Judah, the country of Judah. And I was a little surprised when I looked at this. I didn't realize that Judah was much smaller than Israel. It was just one tribe, but Judah was the biggest tribe. And then you see the enemies around them. This is Ammon. This is Edom. Remember at Christmas when I spoke about Edom? And that's, that's where Edom was, the Esau's descendants. This is uh, Philistia, where the Philistines are from. This is Phoenicia. You've probably learned about Phoenicia in school. Uh, I remember learning about them. This is the kingdom of Damascus. And this is the Assyrian Empire up here. And this is uh, modern-day Assyria would be there. Now, Syria was a separate entity at one point from Assyria. Um, but that kind of gives you the lay of the land. And just for comparison purposes, um, tell me how big you think Israel is today. Give, give me maybe a state that would compare to Israel. Michigan, Massachusetts. Michigan? Lower Peninsula? I think it's smaller 
So, so here's, here's uh, modern-day Israel, the hatched-in part. That's modern-day Israel. Uh, well, there's probably, a, you know, the, the West Bank and, and the Gaza Strip. There's some things that are still Palestinian, but that's about the size. Uh, that shape will fit in Lake Michigan. Um, as I said, Elijah talked through a lot of these, these guys. Um, I'll go through them pretty quick. Um, you can read all about them in First and Second Kings. Uh, Elijah's ministry started around the time of Ahab, Ahaziah, Joram, Jehu. This, this is kind of the timetable. Jonah starts down here in the time of Jeroboam II. Up above this, there's Jer Jeroboam I. And then they, it goes down to Hosea, which we're missing off the bottom here. But he's the last king of Israel, the northern nation. He's the last king. And he reigned until um, about 718, and it was towards the end of his reign that Israel ceased to be a, a country. So let me talk about a couple of those guys specifically. Ahab reigned for 20 years, and it, there's this formula in Kings that starts with the nation of Israel, where there's a little, um, how did God view this king? And what he says of Ahab was, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than any before him? As, as Elijah said, Ahab was a bad dude, and a lot of it was the influence of Jezebel, his wife. She was a foreigner. She brought her own foreign gods with her and convinced Ahab to start worshiping them. Uh, Ahaziah was his son, when, and when Ahab died, uh, Ahaziah uh, took the throne. He only lasted a year. It was a short period of time. Now, the, the way they did, if, if he reigned, you know, if he started reign on the end in December, and then he reigned through maybe February, three months, they would typically call that two years. because, And it was different between Israel and Judah. So a lot of the problems correlating the, the reigns and the years they reigned is because they counted those years differently. They counted the, the regional years, the years that they became differently. So even if you reigned for a day in one year and survived into the next year, they would say you reigned and they're really saying that he reigned in two years, but there was an overlap there. Um, so he reigned a year. Uh, God said he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and he died after falling, fell from a balcony. And Joram, who was also a son of Ahab, his younger brother, then took the kingship. Uh, he reigned for eight years, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother. So he didn't do quite as bad as Ahab and Jezebel. And the main difference was is that he tore down the, the Baal worship. He, he, he discouraged and, and tried to stamp out the Baal worship. But they still had other gods, and they, they still weren't trusting God the way they should. And, you know, he, he just did other things that um, God obviously found detestable. Then after Joram, the, the, the line of Ahab, his lineage, dies, and a, a, a guy called Jehu comes on board. He reigned for 28 years. He was anointed by a prophet that Eliza sent, or Elisha sent. So a prophet actually foretold that he would, would become king before he became king. He continued to destroy the Baal worship, but he did not turn away from the sins of the original Jeroboam. Uh, he was instructed to kill all of Ahab's descendants, and in fact he did. He killed Joram, the king, who was the son of Ahab. He also killed Azariah, who was the king of Judah at the time, because Joram and Azariah were, were close. 
They were in kind of cahoots together. And he killed Jezebel. And he killed everything, everybody associated with the court of Ahab. And then the line of his uh, uh, descendants start. Jehoazaz reigned for 17 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And he defeated the nation of Aram. We saw that on the map just to the southeast of where Judah was, or, or just to the east anyway. Jehoash reigned for 16 years. He was the son of Jehoaz. He reigned for 16 years, did evil in the sight of the Lord. And one of the things he did is he routed um, Judah. He, he took a lot of treasure. They were a bigger, had a bigger army. And he um, went down and took a lot of treasure from the, uh, from the temple and from the people. So he became rich, basically, by stealing a lot of stuff from Judah. Then there's uh, Jeroboam II. He reigned for 41 years. He was a strong king. He was the one that extended Israel's borders back to where they were originally, and as big as they ever got as a nation. But he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Um, Jonah prophesied that he would be successful. Zechariah reigned six months he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He was the last king of Jehu's line. These are all descendants of Jehu to this point. And he was assassinated by Shalom. And then it gets pretty interesting. Shalom reigned for one month. And this is the only king where God doesn't say he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And I think it's because he didn't have enough time to do anything. He reigned for one month. And then we have Menahem reigned for 10 years, paid a large tribute Tiglath-Pileser, who was the king of Assyria at the time. You know, they were pressuring him. And he was assassinated by Pekah. Pekah reigned for 20 years. Uh, King Sargon of Assyria, uh, the next king, uh, conquers much of Israel and starts deporting the people. And um, he was assassinated by Hoshea. And Hoshea reigned for nine years since a cherub of Assyria conquers Samaria. He conquers Israel. Samaria was the capital city of Israel. And again, he did the same thing his uh, kings before him did. They deported the Israelites to other places, made them resettle in other places, and he repopulated the area he conquered with people that he had conquered other places. Um, and this is the difference between Israel and Judah. Judah, when he was conquered by Persia, they took people into captivity but they were able to maintain their Jewish identity. And eventually, a lot of them came back. And we talked about that recently. But Samaria, um, they, they, the Israelites there never retained their ethnic purity, like the tribe of Judah was able to do. Um, so when we talk about the Samaritans, those people that lived in that area that had been repopulated, those are, those are the people that turned out to be the Samaritans. And the Jews hated them because they weren't purebred. They were half-breeds, and they, they, they kind of worshipped the same way, but they, were, they had kind of their own rules in their own place. So that, that's the deal with uh, where the Samaritans came from. And so why did all this happen to Israel? And the book of Kings is very clear. Second um, Kings 17, 7 and 8, all this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of Egypt from under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshipped other gods and followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them, as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. There's marrying foreign, or taking wives from foreign countries. Um, and the way I put it, they, they, were, they were marrying unbelievers, 
people that didn't believe, that had their own belief system. And it's not so much that, I don't think it's so much that they were foreign, is that they adhered to these foreign beliefs, and those that married them adopted those foreign beliefs. That was the, that was the basic problem. Um, so that brings us to Jonah. Um, J- Jonah, um, there's some controversy, as there is with all the books in the Bible, or the Bible as a whole. Uh, there's the, the conservative view that says uh, the date is pre-exilic, pre-exile, and it's dated around the time period we're looking at here, 760 B.C. And the liberal view is that it's a post-exilic book. It happened after those in exile in Babylon came back. It was uh, written by Jonah. He's the only one that realistically would have written it, or at least he gave all the information to whoever wrote it. It's written in third person, but there are other books that are written that way. So he doesn't say, I did this. He says he uses Jonah. So it's a third-person book, uh, but it's likely that Jonah wrote it. The, the liberal faction would say, well, there were things going on in Israel, the reconstituted Israel. Uh, they were being very exclusive because they had reestablished the religion from the, the information they found you know, with Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, you know, they had reestablished the sacrificial system and the, the worship in the temple, and they were very exclusive. You know, you had to belong to the club, like you had to be an Israelite or to, to participate. And there was a liberal faction that was against that. So Jonah, they interpret as an allegory. And I won't go through, it's just kind of nonsense the way they interpret different pieces of it. And there's huge pieces of it they, they don't have any um, analog for. So it's not a very good allegory, but, but that's what they claim. So the, the purpose for the liberal was a reaction against this hyper-cultic nationalism where uh, the purpose of Jonah, if you look at it, it was written then, it's God's compassion extends to nations other than Judah and Israel. God is not just a God of Judah and Israel. He's really the God of everything. 